Hi, everybody. My name is Mary Kay Casey, founder and owner of Prep Performance Center, a physical therapy and sports performance facility in Chicago. I'm a doctor of physical therapy and four-time national champion lacrosse player. My passion and area of expertise is helping young athletes understand the multidisciplinary approach to being a successful athlete, prevent injury, and increase performance. Today we have Jordan Angeli here, and she is a former professional soccer player from Lakewood, Colorado. She's known for her versatility and joined the, the Santa Clara women's soccer team in 2005. She played as a midfielder for the U.S. women's national soccer team at the 2006 FIFA U-20 World Championship. She was the 16th overall pick in the 2010 WPS draft. Unfortunately, she sustained a knee injury in 2011 and then retired from her professional soccer career in 2016, playing with the New York Flash. She is the founder of the ACL Club, an online platform that aims to connect athletes during their ACL recovery process, provides top-notch resources, and is a one-stop shop for inspiration and support. Jordan continues to inspire young athletes and stay connected in the game as a sports broadcaster and radio analyst for the Colorado Rapids. Thanks for joining us today, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, what a great intro you just gave to me. <laughs> Thank you. It's always, you know what, I think um, for all of us athletes, it's always nice to kind of look back at our career. Yeah. And you don't always give yourself the credit where credit is due. So, I mean, man, you accomplished a lot. So did you. You came in hot with that four-time national championship. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all righty. I, I love know. it. Very cute. I love it. It's, um, it's pretty one cool. Little, one little thing. I did move from the Rapids. I now work for uh, um, on TV for the Columbus crew. So if I didn't if I didn't say that, I would get in trouble. So I, ha I have to correct that. But okay. Well, I there was you go. I'll make yeah, that correction. I, I, I was working for the Colorado Rapids, which it was amazing. And I just really, right before all this happened, I just made the transition over to Columbus crew. And um, it's been, it was good. Two weeks of games and now um, wow. a pause. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry, but congratulations on the Thank new gig. You. And hopefully, it, you know, once you guys all pick up, it'll get back to where we want it to be. Exactly. I think we're all feeling that way, right? I am ready to just go back to normal. Mm -hmm. Me too. Um, so our podcast, we, we like to kind of give some of our young athletes a little bit of tangible advice um, about what it means to be a successful athlete. And, and that can be, you know, people just playing in high school, maybe getting to college. It, it's, it's defined differently for everybody. But tell us a little bit about your athletic career and how you got to where you are today. I like how you started with that because success is defined differently by everybody. And I think success changed a lot for me as I was going through my athletic career. And it changed from, yes, you can be successful when you accomplish everything that you want to, you know, your dream and desire to accomplish, like playing in a World Cup or, um, you know, winning a national championship. But you can also be successful in just the pursuit of those things as well. And I think that that is something that I definitely learned throughout my collegiate career so or my, my career in general. So, uh, yeah, I think as a, a youth athlete getting to where I wanted to go, I always knew what I wanted to accomplish and I knew that it was going to take a lot of work. Um, I think one of the things for me, and I don't know if this is actually answering your question at all, but I just felt like, I, the one thing I could control was me and I can control my attitude. I could control my work ethic. And so as long as I 
was consciously trying to make an effort to have a great attitude, consciously trying to make it an effort to be the hardest worker, I knew in some way I could start to continue to chase down those things, those bigger dreams that I had. Yeah, 100%. And I, um, I think that those are things that I learned too, as I, you know, look back on my career, and I was probably still a little bit of a stubborn athlete, um, even all through my college career. But I look back now and as an adult, and I just wish I did have a little bit more of this insight into the mental game Mm -hmm. at a younger age. So to me, I was a hard worker. Um, You know, you didn't have to tell me to work harder, you didn't have to tell me to put in more, more hours. But I think just seeing, you know, hey, my coach has their own understanding of what yeah, you know, who needs to be on the field and, you know, playing time, you know, especially when you get to the, the college level, it's not, not everyone's going to play, you know, right. and we'll probably get to this later. But, um, so I tore my ACL my first game in my college career. So oh. I was on campus for less than a month and, and I went down. So it's always a little disheartening to know that my career may have been different mm-hmm. as probably would have yours. So, um, you know, I know that you, you like the saying, um, show your scars. Mm-hmm. So I think we are all tougher, but I, I do look back and I'm like, I wish I would have known a little bit of this even before I got injured, the mental game and how it could yeah. improve your, your performance, but also your experience with sports too. Mm-hmm. And how big of a concept that is. I think growing up and correct me if I'm wrong in, in the way you saw things too, like I thought being mentally tough was just like, can I keep running fitness longer than other people or can I push through and, and I'm in pain, but like, can I push through it? And I thought really that was like the only aspect of mental strength. And I wish like you, I would have known that mental strength and mental fortitude is like such a vast, uh, it is so big, right? It's still a huge concept for me to understand. And I talked about it, talk about it a lot that it is, you know, deciding when, when we must push through things, but it's also saying like, um, something like I'm getting this gut feeling that this is not right. Like I have to listen and trust that that's mental strength. That mental strength can also be like being able to have empathy and understand where another person is coming from and adapt some of the things that they do to help you. It can be, you know, like, can we continue to add layers onto this? Right. Because it is so much more than I think what we perceive it to be as youth athletes. Yeah. And I, I think that that brings up, um, you know, understanding your coach, understanding your teammates. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think obviously if I've, as I've grown, grown up in the professional world, I have employees, I have coworkers and, you know, we all may take those personality assessments and, I truly think as a, you know, I coach now and I try to think about it when I work with my young athletes, but, um, you know, knowing people's personalities, how they're going to react, um, and kind of like what you're saying, the empathy for a situation Mm -hmm. and knowing that there's 32, 38 other players on a team and, you know, that coach has to find the right fit for that team. And, you know, I was never somebody who, um, always thought about myself, but it was always hard, right? You're coming back from an ACL injury, right? You are working your butt off. You're trying to get back to what you thought, you know, you were before that injury. And, you know, you're, you're stubborn because you, you want to get to that point. Um, and sometimes, you know, you think you got there, but it doesn't always pay off or, or it it does, but not in the tangible playing time sense sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I think that for the young athletes, they, they probably like me, um, attach some of that playing time to, to, you know, the tangible, but what helped me as a, you know, junior and senior was like, all right, throw all the playing time aside. You know, your coach is going to do what is best for the team. And at the end of the day, you get to play lacrosse every day with your teammates and your friends. And and that's the biggest, the biggest thing for me that I learned um, from my injury, but also just sports in general. And I think to pass it down is super important. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. And I think that it's really hard and whatever athletes listening to this, you know, one of the things that we've learned about um, just the mindset and the development of the brain for, for younger kids is like when you are a youth athlete and a younger athlete is really hard to um, you know, we are, we are a little bit wired to be self-centered and to think about ourselves. So it is a chore to think about others, right. To think about the good of the whole. But I think in, in just awareness of that and acknowledging that and playing a team sport, it really helps you develop in ways that can help you when you are going through something difficult, knowing that like, yeah, I can't do this alone. Yeah. I want to pursue my path back to being the athlete that I was, but you don't have to do it alone. 100%. And I bet you that that kind of transitions us into like the next, um, the next topic of, Mm -hmm. you know, that jump between college and professional. So you know, it could be kind of said the same thing for high school to college and then college to pro. What were some of the biggest challenges, you know, moving from college to pro? Because, you know, you have teammates, but sometimes it's more of a business than than a friendship, right? Yes. Yes. I think that's a huge thing. So just going from like youth athletics or high school athletics to college and then from college to pro, I think there's similarities within that in general. One is there's a, there's an obvious physicality difference, right? No matter what sport you play, you're going to be playing then with people that are bigger and probably stronger than you and um, more accustomed to that style of play. So you have to be adaptable and be willing to uh, notice that and be aware of it, right? So if you know, I just remember going into my first tackle when I was going from high school to college and being like, wow, I was not prepared for that. Right. (laughs) Like, um, a girl coming in so hard and, um, probably weighing 25 more pounds than me. So I think just that awareness allows you to then be, uh, ready for what's to come. Um, so there's the, the physical piece, but there's the piece that like, you go from being a, a big fish in a small pond to a little fish in a big pond, right? You go from being the best of the best to being just one of the best, one of the best. And I think that that is, can be really challenging for athletes, um, but also it can be really stinking cool, right? That mm-hmm. you were really good and now you get to play with and alongside people that are really good too. And, you know, I I think for me as a youth athlete, I was really lucky just to play on the soccer team that I played on. Like everyone, I think everyone on my team went to a division one school and played college soccer. And that is like, yeah, a lot of the time, not really heard of. And especially at that time. And so everybody was super competitive. They were really good, but then you just step it up another level. Right. And I think that was difficult because I wanted to play and I wanted to contribute. And I've always been that player that I am willing to play whatever position is, is needed in order to be on the field. And so I went into college with that 
one, knowing that I was not as good as some of these players, like some of my teammates were going to the Olympics that year. And I was just this baby freshman who uh, had two sticks for a leg. Like mm-hmm. I just knew, I just knew I wasn't going to be able to compete at that level, but I was eager to get better. And I think that eagerness is something that can help you as you do transition and you do take the next step up is like, okay, how can I look at this in a way that it's going to only make me better? Maybe I'm not going to get exactly what I want out of it right away. But if I'm aware of how I'm putting in the work on the field, how I'm going and asking for help from the coach, additional help or asking my teammates if they can help me get better, like all those things can um, help that transition a little bit. Yeah, and I I 100% agree. Um, You know, the day to day can be challenging. There's a lot of up and downs. There's, you know, a roller coaster of emotions. But at the end of the day, you're part of a team which is bigger Mm -hmm. than yourself. And you can accomplish more together than by yourself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I was a part of four really great teams. And, you know, people, you know, now that I graduate, they're like, oh, did you start? And I'm like, you know what? I didn't start. I didn't really get a lot of playing time, but I won four national championships and I was a part of every practice. I was on the scout team and I prepared the best defense in Mm -hmm. the nation. And, you know, I don't have the accolades that are on a scoreboard or, you know, in, in a hall of fame, but you know, it, it takes a while for you to really understand that that means something. Well, some of my personally, yeah. Yeah. Some of my personal, like my favorite teammates were those teammates that um, maybe didn't get the, like, I, I, ha- I remember a girl older, a year older than me and a girl my age, and they were two of my favorite teammates because they would do anything for the team no matter what, and they never saw the field. And it was like, wow, I want to be more like that. I want to be more, like, consumed with how I'm helping out as opposed to what I'm getting out of it. And that's one of the hardest things when you do go – from college to being a professional is it, it just is weird. It just changes a little bit. And a lot of that changes is because, you know, some people get paid extra because they are getting bonuses if they score goals or if they get a start or if they don't, you know, so there, you have added incentives that are on top of it and it just changes the dynamic a little bit. But I think it's just crucial that you have to, you have to be true to yourself and stay um, focused on what got you there, which is being a, you know, being a player that helps the team. Yeah. And, and resilient in so many ways, mm-hmm. just to make sure that, um, you know, in, in every group and every team, you're going to play a different role and um, it's always hard to, to swallow. Sometimes you might be defense. Sometimes you might be offense. And yeah. and I know you had to make a little bit of that transition. Um, and, you know, every team, you have to be willing to, to go where you need to go to make the team a better team and, and be successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I want to get to my favorite part of this. Okay. Um, so you're the founder of the ACL Club, which, um, you know, I found you on social media and it it's great. You know, you're, you're collaborating with like-minded individuals. Um, so I want to learn a little bit more about like, how did that start? Where did it, you know, where did it come from? It started because I was going through my last ACL recovery. So I've torn my ACL three times on my left knee and throughout all my recoveries, um, you know, once you find someone who's gone through it, you kind of become, Um, someone, uh, you know, just a sounding board for other people to talk to. And so 
just with who I was with my club here in Colorado and with my collegiate program, like my coaches that I knew and growing up would always say, Hey, you know, uh, unfortunately we know this person who's torn their ACL. Can, can you help them? Can you talk to them? And the things I started to notice is one, it was like a lot of the same things, um, two, that people just want to be heard and understood and felt like, felt like they're not alone. And three, every time I was like telling people what I was going through, I started to realize that not only was, was what I was saying, helping them, but it was also helping me. And so there, there was this concept of show your scars and share your strength. And so those are the two hashtags that I use a lot, the most of is because I feel like showing your scars and understanding what our scars have um, led us through just a symbolization of, you know, what we've gone through, that there's real strength in that. And, and being able to share your story, you're sharing your strengths with other people. And you're saying like, you know, I know this isn't ideal and I would never choose to join the ACL club. I don't want, if there was not one more athlete in the entire world that had to Mm -hmm. join the club, I would be like, this is amazing. I do not, this is not, um, something that I, you know, want to do. I do it because I know I need to do it. I, I do it because, um, until we get those stats going back down in the right direction, that this is what people need is they need people that can hear them out, that can support them, empower them and let them know that they're not alone. So that was really the, the concept and the idea behind it. And when I tore my ACL the first time and, you know, it was just a, such a big shock. I was lying on my couch at Santa Clara and one of my teammates came in who had torn hers before. And she looked at me and I was telling her everything that was going on and what I was feeling. Cause at that time I didn't really know if I had done it yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew, I knew in my gut, but I didn't know like from mm-hmm. the doctor's MRI. Right. And she said, well, kid, welcome to the club. And I was like <laughs> so pissed at that moment. But, um, you know, those words have always just stuck with me because that's what it really is. Like, um, you know, it's whether it was at PT and I'm sure you have this within your facility is those kids who are going through it or those people who are going through it really just like cheer each other on and support each other and like are so proud of one another. And I felt like, um, I, anybody I saw with a scar, like I knew a little bit about them, even if I knew nothing. So, uh, I just felt like it was something that I needed to do. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's great. I mean, and you know, we see you all over social media and it's, um, you know, I know you're helping a lot of athletes out there and, and you're also working on that multifaceted approach, which, you know, we've been trying to do here in Chicago mm-hmm. at prep performance center is really bringing in, you know, the sports psychologist, the nutritionist, the PT, the strength and conditioning coach, um, because that is really how we are going to get to see these numbers decline, um, is a, that we get the implementation of youth injury prevention programs. Cause that's where it all starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also we have to reduce the retail rates. So yes. we have to make sure these kids are, are really prepared. Um, they're tested appropriately according to the protocols. Um, that's kind of our mission here at prep is like, I, I just don't know if, if we have all the right people rehabbing these injuries right now. And we need to understand that the timeline is, is no longer six months. It's nine months to a year. And, um, yes. you know, the research just came out. Like if you wait until 10 months versus nine months, you're actually seven times less likely to tear um, an ACL or or re-injure. So 
to me, I'm taking that and I'm telling all of my young athletes, Mm -hmm. you know, don't go back before the nine month mark. It's just not worth it, you know, and um, it's a lot of tears. It's a lot of hours and and rehab and money that um, hopefully, you know, we could start to see some of this decline with, you know, programs like yours and um, many more out there as well. It's it's crucial because these kids want and athletes, we want to get back as quickly as possible. But I think what I started to do through my injuries is flip the script and say, I want to play as long as I can play. And 100%. getting back two weeks, three months, a year before, like quicker is not worth it because that takes year could potentially take more years off the longevity of my career. And so if you can flip that switch and think long-term, not short-term, it's very difficult, but it can really help you in this recovery. And I, I think the other thing that we try to educate people on, especially once they get to that you know, college career or even their, their post-op and ACL at some point, your way of training needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, you're no longer just run and gun and put the pedal to the metal and work on power and strength. You really have to work on that rest and recovery, um, active recovery techniques to make sure that your body can sustain the longevity of a career. And um, so that's kind of with physical therapy, there's the research out there and injury prevention programs work. Um, you know, we can't prevent everything, you know, but if we can prevent some non-contact ACLs, yes. especially for the female athletes, yes. um, then we've done our job. And so part of our awareness at prep is like, we, we want to get people to, you know, it is an investment, but it's, if you can save your daughter from a year out from the sport and potentially they can play all four years of high school mm-hmm. and four years in college, that should be well worth the investment. So, yep. Agree. Um, all right. So we've talked ACL, we've talked mental performance. Um, you know, I guess we kind of want to leave our athletes with some like tangible advice. Mm-hmm. So if you had like three pieces of advice, um, to kind of sum it up for, anybody, a youth athlete, high school or college, what would you say the three things you would focus on? I think my advice is more like big picture stuff. Um, I just think your belief in yourself has to outweigh anything that can come your way. And so um, I think as athletes, as people, really, we're going to have a lot of people that don't think that we can do something. We're going to have obstacles that come in our way, whether it's injury or just tough times. And it just, if you have that belief in who you are and not that you're a soccer player or an, an athlete, that wh- who you are can overcome anything. I think that's really big. Um, just instilling that and then kindling that fire, right? Keeping it alive through everything. Um, the other thing I think is important, especially for um, younger athletes is we get these, you know, we set goals and we have dreams and I'm not saying don't do this because I think that is really important to, to know what you're trying to strive to do. So you know how important every day and every step in that process is. But I think, uh, just knowing that it's not going to go the way that you planned it out, that it's not going to go how you expected it to go, that expectations are, um, you know, kind of dangerous in ways that if you can learn to, appreciate the process and kind of like I was talking about success earlier is that the process of getting wherever you're striving to go 
is actually going to teach you so much about who you are that that is really where um, the beauty is, is just in that pursuit of things that um, you love. And um, yeah, the last thing I, I think is just like, really go for it. Like if you're going to do something like really understand that your mentality and your approach to it um, is exactly how you choose it to be. Uh, if you see the bad in things or you're, you catch yourself like always thinking about the negative, um, understand that's something that you can change about yourself. And even, even recognizing that I think is a first step in a really beautiful transition into seeing the positive. So if you can focus on how you got better that day, how, um, how you made somebody else feel, how you included your teammate in something, um, all those things are part of a bigger picture that really make you, you know, a teammate that people want to be on a team with. Yeah. So you like 100% hit the nail on the head to, to end with my last question, um, which I think, you know, I think these young athletes, they think about the fundamentals, the skills, the hard work of, you know, getting stronger and faster, but, you know, really we, we spent very little time even talking about the physicality of sports. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess my last question, which you kind of already, you know, answered, but, um, how did, how did playing sports set you up for your professional life, your professional career? They set me up better than I would have ever imagined. Um, you know, going into sports broadcasting after being a professional athlete, um, I, I kind of thought it was going to be a, a easier transition and it was really difficult and it almost mirrored in a way, or it is mirroring in a way, my, my soccer career is that I, um, I just knew it was the right thing for me, just like I knew soccer was the right thing for me. And so I pursued it and I did whatever it took. And I, did a lot of gigs that were not paid for. Um, I kind of equate that to like not getting chosen for the right team. Right. And, or feeling like you made that, you should make that team and it just didn't work out and um, not getting the jobs that I thought I could get and feeling like I um, at some times deserved, but just getting back on the horse and getting back on the saddle and going again and saying like, I'm not going to let anything deter me from pursuing what I believe is right for me. So, uh, you know, sports set you up and no matter what career path you decide to do, there's so many lessons that you learn within sports and within, uh, you know, from a teammate perspective, from an individual perspective that can really help you when you go to the next step. And for me, it was just like, you're going to get knocked down. You're not going to be chosen. But like I said before, my, my belief in myself just outweighs all else. And so I just kept going and kept going. And, and that's, that's a hundred percent, right. You have to be resilient. You have to adapt. You have to, you know, know, I, I love how you said it, like in your pursuit of your success, that it's just not going to go the way that you want it to go. And, um, I really do hope that our listeners will, will learn from this. I mean, you have such great things to talk about and, um, I, I know that we can continue forever, but we do have to cut this right. short. But we and, might talk um, again. We'll we will definitely that. talk again. <laughs> so, and, um, but we're so, you know, so happy for, you know, the ACL club and we will totally direct our, our athletes towards all the resources that you provide. And um, 
you know, we look forward to, you know, kind of collaborating and seeing how our partnership and friendship can kind of, you know, go on. Thanks, Mary Kate. I really appreciate you having me on. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.